Hello, everybody, and welcome to my second episode of SOS, or Shannon Offers Suggestions podcast. Uh, This week, I have a question from a good friend, so I kind of have the benefit of knowing who I'm speaking to in this one, but I hope that we can find some general advice for everybody out there that may be struggling with the same type of issue. So I tweeted out the question yesterday, so any of you that happened to see that might already know, but the question of the day is, how would you handle being told repeatedly that you are not needed or are useless in your work environment? You feel as though you have put your best foot forward, but it seems as though people find more joy in roasting you for your shortcomings. First off, I am so sorry that people are talking to you in a way that makes you feel useless or worthless. Secondly, I think if the situation were happening to me, I would probably fall into a really quick depression. No one likes to be told that they're not good at what they do, especially if that is repeatedly. And no one likes to be roasted. Puffed up, self-obsessed celebrities aside, for whatever reason they seem to love it. But the fact of the matter is, no one should be talking to you that way, ever, in any situation. Your job is a relationship, and from the sounds of it, this relationship is toxic and unsupportive. If you were in a toxic and unsupportive relationship with another person, hopefully you would see that you need to leave that relationship and get to a place of healing. So just because this is a place of business does not make that any different. I actually have a friend that likens a job interview to a first date, and I think that this is a really great analogy, so we're going to kind of stick with that throughout this process. So essentially, when you go in for an interview, it's full of testing the waters in the same way that that first date is. You're getting to know each other, you're getting to see if you have the same values and whether or not you think you'll get along. If you like each other, you're hired. And then that begins the relationship. A lot of companies have that initial 90-day probation period, so that's kind of the honeymoon, honeymoon, excuse me, honeymoon phase of the new relationship. You're still really digging each other, but you might find out later that maybe your values don't line up. Or you find that you just don't like each other as much as you initially thought you did. So in the job setting, this is similar to realizing that the job environment just isn't what you thought it was, and in that case, most people turn in their notice and then look for a new job. So let's keep the relationship example going for a bit. You got past that initial honeymoon phase, and the dating has been going well, but somewhere along the months and years of dedication and hard work put into this relationship, this significant other has now taken a sudden turn. Suddenly, what used to be the words of encouragement have turned into insults and jibes designed not only to hurt you, but to hurt you with specific purpose. They know exactly where to hit you because they know you well. They tell you you're useless. How often? Every day? Every week? And what's worse, now their family members are chiming in with the same responses. And this would be your coworkers in that case. So basically, uh, whoever is causing this problem is now creating a sort of mob follower mentality with the rest of your coworkers if everybody's falling in line. Let's imagine now that this is not happening to you specifically, but to someone else that you know and love. They are in a harmful, verbally abusive, toxic relationship. So what is your advice to this person? And I ask you now, why are you any different? Why is the advice that you would give your friend who would be in the same situation different from the advice that you would give yourself? Are you somehow less worthy? No, absolutely not. Let's back up a little bit. 
Normally, if someone at work is giving me feedback on my performance, that indicates that I am not performing to expectations. So I kind of stand back, I review this either with them, with my boss, or with myself. And I'm not going to lie, I usually have to let myself process the information first. My initial reaction is usually to think that they're wrong. <laughs> but a lot of times, after careful consideration and really reviewing what they're, lis- or what they're saying to me, really listening to them, I might be able to see where they're coming from. At that point, it's time for me to make a change. I might go to a coworker or a trusted mentor and ask their advice on how I might be able to improve something if they've noticed the same type of behaviors, something like that. Now, I want to point out that this is usually on the heels of constructive criticism, which is usually something more along the lines of, hey, you're doing something wrong, please fix it, instead of, you're useless at your job and we don't need you here. Now, I don't know the exact verbiage that your coworkers are using with you, but if they're talking in a way that is so directly hurtful instead of helpful, and criticism can absolutely be given in a way that is not harmful, then it sounds to me an awful lot like abuse. And it sounds like it's high time for you to go. That said, leaving a job can be scary and stressful. You're dependent on that paycheck in order to live, and that adds even more stress to the situation, because if you leave your job and then suddenly you have no income, then what? What are you going to do? So I suppose in this case, what I would advise you to do is really examine what's happening here. What are your motives for staying in an environment that's hostile? What are the things that are keeping you from leaving? List everything out on a piece of paper, and for anything that you've written down, maybe try to write down some possible solutions. So, for example, if I were to write a list for myself, um, it might sound something like this. At the top of the paper, reasons I stay. Number one, I really need a paycheck or I'll lose my house. Number two, I have kids to feed. So for those of you that, don't, that know me, I don't have kids. I have animals, but somebody else out there in the same situation may be concerned about the fact that they have to take care of a family. So that's number two on the list. I have kids to feed or I have a family to feed and take care of. Number three, uh, maybe I'm a manager and my employees are depending on me. So I feel like I have to stay in order for my employees to be strong. So beside each of these, I might write down possible solutions. So for number one, I said, I really need a paycheck or I'll lose my house. So my solutions, uh, look into what temp agencies are available. Start putting my name out there. Find out if there are other resources for income and assistance. I can go online and see if there's some kind of help, um, temporary assistance for those in need. Uh, number two, I have kids to feed or family to take care of. So solutions that I came up with for number two, okay, I'm going to budget for my groceries for the next 30 days with the absolute most limited amount of income that I can possibly foresee myself having. Uh, I'm also going to visit the food bank for a month so that I can have extra food to help take care of my family. Um, And I kind of want to pause here for a moment and talk about the stigma that is attached to going to the food bank. Um, When I was young, We used to go to the food bank because we did not make a lot of money, and I kind of always felt a little bit embarrassed about it, kind of like we were on welfare. Uh, We also had food stamps when I was growing up, and it was kind of something that was a little bit bit embarrassing, uh, you know, admitting that you don't have money. But hopefully that, that has changed a little bit, and hopefully you don't feel that way too. 
uh, as an adult, once I got a little bit older and I was living with roommates, we were struggling. We were having a hard time making ends meet because uh, most of us had really terrible jobs or only part-time jobs, and we were struggling. And so we started to go to the food bank, and it was just such a wonderful resource because we had fresh vegetables and a bunch of other things that we just couldn't afford to get on our own. And, uh, you know, after a while, we didn't need to go there anymore because we started making more money. And it was nice to have that resource when we were in a time of need. And I like to make donations to the food bank now that I can afford it so that I can kind of make up for that time when I had to use it as a resource and now I'm giving back. So you can always kind of look at it, look at it as a temporary assistance and uh, you can always give back later. That's kind of what it's for. We're all here to take care of each other. So solutions for number two, budget, uh, visit food bank and several other resources, again, that are probably in your local area. I mentioned it in last week's podcast episode, but uh, you can always go to AuntBertha.com for any assistance that you might need to find out what's in your area. So moving back to my list, uh, number three was I'm a manager and my employees are depending on me. So uh, possible solutions that I wrote down for that one, really, it's all about my employees will be assigned another manager. If I leave, there's somebody that will replace me. And so I don't want to sound callous as I say this, but essentially, in the work environment, we are all replaceable. Now, we are all unique. We all have different strengths. I'm not saying that you're replaceable in the grand scheme of things. You are important, and I want you to feel and know that you are important. But when it comes to our jobs, there will always be somebody else that can do the same function that we are doing. And so, my goal with saying that you are replaceable in the work environment is not to say that you're not important, but to to encourage you to not assign so much weight and gravity to the responsibilities that you might feel that you have, because there is somebody else that can also do them. And sometimes we may be in a situation where we're the only one that knows the job that we're doing and training can happen, or you know what? They can figure it out. They're going to be fine. So if something like management is tying you down, um, I know it's a lot harder than it sounds to just say, yeah, you know, go ahead and just get over it. Um, not that easy. I, I understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, just start talking to yourself and let, letting yourself know that it's going to be okay. Like My work will survive without me. It's still going to be there tomorrow. Seeing solutions written down on paper can help you come up with some smaller steps that can lead to you making a decision or toward creating some new goals for yourself. So that's why I would encourage this exercise. I would also want you to start reaching out to your support network. See if you can line up some babysitters if you have kids, just, just in case. Uh, do you have a significant other? Ask them their thoughts on what you both may need to do if you leave your job to find another one or if you... Um, can't find a job in enough time to kind of bridge that gap in between. See if you can budget together for some tighter times just in case. When leaving a job, it's often best to have another job lined up first, but sometimes if the situation is just not good, it may be necessary to leave before you have something lined up. Um, 
people do that all the time and it may add a little bit more stress to the situation, but sometimes that's what you have to do in order to feel good inside your body and inside your heart. It really just depends on your own individual situation and what's going on with it and the kind of tools and resources that you have at your hands. Now, normally I would say that having a conversation with the one that is causing you the most problems would be advisable, but since I know who you are and I know a little bit more about your specific situation, I would say that talking with your tormentor is not going to help in this case. People that are abusive or those that enjoy those power games are not going to hear you and they're not going to change. So the best thing that you can do for yourself in this situation really is just get out. And it may sound a little harsh that I am likening this person to an abuser, but the patterns of this person's speech to you, um, the things that they have said to you in the past, the way that they brush you off, the way that they make you feel like you're at fault for everything, this is classic. This person is not a kind person. They are not a good person. They are, their behavior is abusive. Additionally, I think it might be very important for you to look into some self-help books or some courses on confidence. Dealing with this kind of abuse for any length of time can really take its toll on your perception of yourself and your confidence. So I tried looking up some free courses online, but I didn't really like what I found. I wasn't exactly satisfied with the things that were out there. So I do encourage you to Google anything that might be in your area. If there are any free or low-cost classes on self-confidence or even support groups that might help. And if nothing else, even like-minded friends, if you have a good support network of people that are good for boosting that self-esteem. In the meantime, though, I did actually find a couple of YouTube videos on, on confidence that I found particularly inspiring, and I hope that they can also help inspire you in some way as well. You can find the links to these in the description of the episode or in the comments on the Facebook post of this episode. So to wrap up, sit down, write out your reasons for staying at your current job, really examine them. Write down as many possible solutions to those reasons that you can think of, even if they're wild or they don't seem likely or it's just at the top end of the spectrum and it's almost impossible. You want to write down everything you can possibly think of so that you can narrow down your options. From the solutions you've written down, pick the ones that you like the best and start making some actionable steps or goals. Reach out to friends and family for emotional support or any other support that you may need at this time, be that monetary or um, just, you know, a little bit of words of encouragement, whatever it is you need. And then finally, start rebuilding that self-confidence in whatever way is most comfortable for you. As a side note, when I was responding to this question earlier this week, I was actually on my way into work, and two songs in a row came on the radio that were full of confidence. I had just written down all of my thoughts about self-confidence and how it may need boosting, and um, they came on the radio, and I was just like, what? This is amazing! So uh, one of the songs was Perfect by Pink, and the other was Hold On by Wilson Phillips. And so, uh, you know, if you find your inspiration through music, maybe make a feel-good playlist um, all about self-confidence and rock out to that stuff. Just let let it go and um, be free. Listen to some music. Do whatever it is that makes you feel good. 
And as I was driving to work, I just kind of remember thinking that confidence is something that we all struggle with at any given time. And the reminder for myself was really nice to have as well, because I have been lacking confidence lately in my job, and I'm so busy, and I just really needed that boost too. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to consider your situation, and I hope that you find your answer soon. Before I sign off, I just want to remind everybody that you can find me at Twitter, at Shannon Suggests. You can email me any issues that you might be having or any advice that you are seeking at ShannonOffersSuggestions at gmail.com. You can check me out on my Facebook page, also at Shannon Suggests or I think it's at Shannon Suggests Podcast. And um, as always, I will always keep your information confidential, so nobody else but me will know that you are the one that's sending it. If you don't like that, you are perfectly able to submit it anonymously via type form, and I have a link to the survey in my Facebook page and in the description of the episode. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you guys all next week for my next episode.